Greenwich Village in 1966. It was a pretty impressive place to be. It sounded like Bob Dylan, smelt like incense and Mary Jane. It was a hub for new politics, ideas and art. Everything was really a challenge to traditional ideas of American culture. And in the village, there was only one place to be. It was the epicenter of everything. It was our iPhone. You stopped by to find out what was going on in town. Yeah, 23-year-old Patricia Field opened her boutique and it would become a hub for creatives for the next five decades. Today, at 82 years old, Patricia Field has bright red hair, smokes like a chimney and is the self-professed inventor of leggings as we know them. Her costuming work made Sex in the City, The Devil Wears Prada and Emily in Paris iconic fashion touchstones. It's Patricia that's the subject of director Michael Seldich's new documentary. Michael, welcome to you. Hi, thank you for having me. Paint me a picture of what it was like walking into Patfield's shop on any given day. First of all, it was filled with people that you did not typically see working in stores in New York, even in the 80s. Um, I moved to New York in 85, and I do remember in the late 80s going into her shop a lot. Um, It was kind of like going into a club. Um, You know, the way people looked, the way people were dressed, the the music, the vibe, um, it kind of felt like a nightclub, but you were in a store. And for a community that was pretty underground at that time and sometimes even targeted, her her boutique was a haven for the uh, queer community and, and the culture that came with it, wasn't it? It absolutely was. She welcomed and embraced... Um, what Molly Rogers, whose voice you just heard, um, called misfits at that time. You know, people that were not able to get a job in a regular store because the way they dressed or they were openly trans or openly gay or, you know, whatever they were, um, you know, they were typically shunned and turned away from regular jobs in retail. And what part did... Patricia Field and her store play in the fashion scene in New York more broadly. This was something that was starting to be mediated through mainstream media across the United States and the world. She played a really important role in that development, didn't she? She did. And I think, you know, it was magnified when she started doing her costume work, which started for her in 1987 with a film called Lady Beware. Um, But of course, it wasn't really until Sex and the City in the mid-90s that people started to know her outside of New York. New Yorkers all knew of her, but um, you know, people outside started to really pay attention uh, when she started doing Sex in the City work. But even before that era, it wasn't just fashion uh, through Keith Haring. I mean, he used to draw on the storefront windows and Jean-Michel Basquiat would sell postcards with his drawings on them. So it really was a tree trunk, if you like, to the many branches that becomes the artistic community in New York City? Well, you know, Pat has a great eye, and she always has, and she goes with her gut. And when she sees an artist like Basquiat or Keith Haring, she's, she wants them in her circle, and she welcomes them and helped them out. And, you know, Basquiat needed money in those days, and she was selling his these little postcards for $10 that he scribbled on. And, you know, other people around them thought, what, what is this? This is junk. And she saw something in him that other people didn't see. So she, she really, you know, it really goes back to her gut and her eye. She just has a really interesting eye 
and loves creative people. I'm curious in watching this documentary how you decided to make it less archival and let's face it, there would have been some amazing archive yeah. to get across the decades considering her influence across art and, and, and really focus more on her creative process of costume design and styling. What yeah. did you find out about her process? Well, first of all, I'm very interested in process. It, it's, it's kind of a theme that um, pops up in a lot of my work. And so when I was interested in doing this about tr- Patricia, I mean, anybody can do an interview in archival doc. It's, it's not that hard to do. But I was more interested in watching her work, in being that fly on the wall and seeing her work right now as at that time when we shot it, she was turning 80. Um, what, what does that look like, that this creative powerhouse 80-year-old woman, you know, how does, that, how does that look when she's doing two different TV shows and she's writing a memoir? Um, She's busy. And so that was really fascinating for me to get inside her head and watch her shop and watch her work with actors and watch her have fittings and really understand how does she make the decisions that she makes creatively. Um, That was more interesting to me than her past. And her past is fascinating. And I did have, I remember when we were cutting that section that's about 10 minutes long of the history of her store. I was thinking I could do a whole documentary just on her store. I mean, there was so much archival to choose from. But I just made the choice to to stay more current and to watch her now. Because I think people don't get to see that. People never, you know, they can watch a TV show like Sex and the City and say, wow, I love what Sarah Jessica Parker's wearing. But they never get to see how did how did you get there? And so that the part that's the part that I found interesting. And it's, you can learn so much from our creative elders. You know, like I, I have interviewed a couple of um, you know long, long time paparazzi photographers, and those um, creatives know how to deal with people. Like when you said that how she deals with with models or or, or, or actresses, there's a kind of deafness to those people. I wonder what you incorporated into your own creative process after getting the opportunity to watch her at work. Well, I definitely tried to be surprising like she is, Um, you know, even starting the way that I started the film in a swimming pool. And I I kind of wanted people to be in the audience thinking, am I in the right movie? Why am I in a swimming pool? And then she starts, you know, jumps in and starts swimming. Um, You know, I I tried to be a little surprising like she is. but I found that, you know, the process that she goes through with actors is is really fascinating. And I didn't think about the fact that she – it's not only about the character on the page, but she looks at the actor themselves. And she said to me, you know, if, if Sarah Jessica Parker had not been Carrie Bradshaw and some other actress had done it, she would have looked totally different. So it's an, it's an interesting thing that she brings into her work where she really gets to know the actor first and then tries to figure out – the actor playing a character. If you just join me on our drive, Michael Selditch is here. We're talking about his documentary, Happy Clothes, a film about Patricia Field. I was interested to read that you used to be an architect before you were a documentarian. Are these yes. two art forms similar or different? I find them very similar. I think the, the process of making a building and the process of making a film are incredibly similar to the point where there's each of them has three steps to it. Um, you know, with film, it's it's pre-production, 
production and post-production. And in architecture, it's a very similar thing where it's design, construction documents, and then construction. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of similarities. In 2019, you made a four-part documentary on fashion called American Style. That's where you met Pat in the first place. What, what do you think American fashion has done in terms of creating a separate identity when compared to, say, European style? Well, it took a while. Um, you know, in the 40s and the 50s, most of what America was doing was just copying, you know, what European countries like France was doing. So it took a while for um, the states to, like, come on to their own uh, with things like in the 90s, like grunge and things like that. Um, it was fascinating to do that series, um, which apparently is, is – uh, you can get here on Binge, somebody told me the other day. It was, it was really fun also to interview. I interviewed about 56 different people, um, a lot of fashion designers like Diane von Furstenberg and, and of course, Pat, as you mentioned, that's where I met her, um, and a lot of celebrities. And uh, it, was, it was a really fun thing to dive into what that journey, what, you know, chronologically from the 40s to now was in America. You've also worked on projects like the original Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, which was yeah, a massive global cultural sensation at the time, and yeah. 11 Minutes, which follows preparation for a fashion show. As someone like myself who, who perhaps is an outsider to the fashion world, what have you discovered about fashion that tells a story about who's wearing the clothes and in what cultural context? You know, it's funny. I have done a lot of fashion work, and I consider myself also somewhat outside of the fashion world. I, I think a lot of it has to do with personal confidence. Pat says to Brisha in my film, you know, it, you did it. It's not wearing you. You're wearing it. And, and, and it really comes down to, like, somebody owning what they're wearing. And if you want to dress a little crazy and outside of the box, if you don't believe it and you don't feel comfortable in it, you're going to look ridiculous. But if you own it and you have confidence, you'll probably look great in it. I, I think fashion really comes down to that in many ways is, is your own personal feelings and your, your own personal style, but definitely confidence. Well, well, speaking of confidence or perhaps the lack of it, I did read that Patricia was initially hesitant to take part in your documentary. Has she yeah. seen it? And what did she think of it if she has? She has seen it, and um, I waited until I had, like, a rough cut of it to show her. So she didn't really look at it during the whole process that we were shooting, of, which was about eight months long. She really loved it. Um, she, I was sitting right next to her. I filled the room with her friends. So it was people in the documentary and people that were, that were in her life for many, many years because I wanted her to feel comfortable. And uh, she's so modest. The first thing she said to me was, is it too long? Do people want to watch me for that long? <laughs> and so, everybody so in the room focused, was like, <laughs> you know, like, I know. Yeah. Everybody in the room was like, no, no, no. We love it. We love it. Um, so yeah. And she, and I asked her, is there anything you're uncomfortable with? Is there anything you want to change? Cause you know, I didn't want her to be uncomfortable at all. And, and she said, no, she said, this is yours. She, you know, like an artist that she is, she respected and trusted me and she just let me do my thing and, and uh, had no, no comments about changing anything. 
Well, congratulations, Michael, on this film. It really it does document uh, the process in action. And for someone who has had decades of longevity uh, in the fashion world, Happy Clothes is a, a film about Patricia Field. It'll be showing at Acme as part of the Melbourne International Film Festival on Saturday, August the 19th. Director Michael Seljic, thank you so much. Thank you very much. For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.